how do I harness the aliveness that I feel when I travel to have in my everyday life? Well, mm-hmm. having the magic is about being present, but it's beyond being present. It's about mm-hmm. being full of my own energy and full of my own consciousness. Welcome to the Isla Podcast. My name is Nisa. I'm an intuitive guide, mentor, energy reader, and creator of soul-based courses to lead you to your highest self. I'm here to help guide you back to that inner knowing, purpose, creativity, inner child, heart, and light. Are you ready? Welcome back to the Seeking Isla podcast, my loves. How are we doing? How's our June going? <sighs> I know that there's been so much crazy energy swirling around the last couple of weeks between these retrogrades and eclipse season, but the good news is we can see the light at the end of the tunnel and things are going to get a lot more stable. We're going to be able to use and integrate all this incredible knowledge and these lessons we've learned over the past few weeks to just really be our best self, step into this new chapter, this new level of our lives. And I am so here for it. Really quickly before we dive into today's episode, which I am so excited to share with you. Today's episode is an interview and I will introduce her shortly. I just wanted to flag a couple quick announcements. For one, by the time this episode airs, the doors will be officially open to my next six-week group program called Rise. This is for the woman who is ready to up-level her life in all areas, relationships, business, money, finances, boundaries, healing, guidance, intuition, everything. We really, really cover all areas of your life. So if you have been looking for support, for accountability, for direction, for mentorship to really get you to your next level, this beautiful intimate six-week mentorship container is designed to do just that to essentially empower you to rise into your highest self so over the six weeks together we learn all about how to heal increase your self-worth live and flow and get clear in your life direction so that you can become empowered and connect with and strengthen your intuition so that you can learn to live a life that is truly in alignment with your most authentic soul self. So if you're ready to step up into your highest, most powerful self, it's time to rise. It's time to join us for this. I am so, so excited. Doors are officially open. If you want to learn more about it, check out the show notes for all the details. All right, my loves. Without further ado, I want to jump right into our episode today, which I have been so excited to share with you. We have a very special interview with the beautiful traveler soul, Janine Cohen. Janine is a traveler. She is a consultant. She is also a trained life coach, and there's just so much magic and wisdom and power in this episode. This episode and our conversation was actually recorded back in February earlier this year in 2021. 
And it's just such a pure, like I said, pure, honest, raw, and powerful conversation about life, leaning into feminine flow, flow consciousness, which Janine will explain all about what that is, life reincarnations, the universe conspiring in your favor, intuition, travel, death, birth, and rebirth. This episode is so magical. I had so much fun re-listening to it many times and I can't wait to share it with you and all its wisdom it's packed with so much magic and wonder and just medicine and there's so many incredible messages in this conversation for everyone and anyone at any part of their journey Janine is also an incredible wonderful storyteller so I know that you will enjoy hearing all about her adventures around the world this is truly one of my favorite episodes to date And I hope you will enjoy our conversation as much as I did. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so, so excited to chat with you. You are one of my personal favorite travel gurus, writers. Um, I know you got into coaching as well and just storytellers to follow. I'm so excited to have you here to share your wisdom with our community and Uh, we're going to chat about so many awesome things. So thank you so much for being here, Janine. I would love to have you tell us about yourself and your work and um, yeah, introduce yourself to our audience. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction and the feeling, darling, is so mutual. I love, (laughs) love, love, love what you're doing Um, and merging the travel and the intuition. And um, I think it's just so so potent and so powerful and so kind of in your own magic and authentic self and it's totally inspiring to see so um thank you thank you so much you're doing (laughs) thank you so much yeah and it looks awesome I I love the look and feel of it and all of that so anyway Thanks for that lovely introduction. Just one kind of slight adjustment. I, I, I so appreciate being called a guru, but I'm certainly <laughs> not any kind of guru. Um, that's kind of what I'm, you know, part of the work that I'm doing right now is helping everyone realize that we are our own gurus. So mm. the only guru I am is my own guru, your own guru. And that's how we started actually uh, women travel leaders. So I am the one of the founders of Women Travel Leaders, which is a quickly growing network of the most powerful and influential women that the travel industry has ever seen. And we are on all corners of the planet, women who are holding up the travel industry and also leading from the heart, holding up their communities, their families, themselves. And I also have a background in travel. Um, So I've worked in international and adventure travel for the last 20 years. And I've had the great luck uh, to have a very awesome life and feel very complete with my experience of having gotten to go to the most incredible places I could have ever dreamed of, helicoptering and seaplaning around the wilderness of Alaska (laughs) and Patagonia, going over the ice fields of Iceland. You know, you were talking a little bit about that podcast episode on the boat that was um, recorded Mm. in Iceland and Mm -hmm. Antarctica, flying planes or taking flying lessons over the Masai Mara and uh, sailing under the stars and uh, whitewater rafting, the biggest rivers in the world and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
And now I've kind of transitioned this year um, after having doing all that awesome stuff and really leaning into as well, just taking a, a step back with what has happened with COVID this last year as international travel has come to an almost complete standstill that there are a lot of people, women especially in our industry who need support. And so mm -hmm. I've been kind of leaning into the coaching side of things because I am also a professionally trained life coach and stepping forward to really be of service to all of these hardworking women who have been living their own best lives. But as you know, and I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit more, the travel industry, seeing it from the outside for those who aren't in the travel industry think, oh my God, that's so awesome. Your life is the best <laughs> ever. And it's true, but and those of us who are inside, and I know, I know you've lived this life too, those of us inside the industry really know that it's an around the clock kind of a job mm -hmm. and it can be very reactionary in a way. Mm -hmm. So the work with women child leaders has really been about how to be of support during a time of crisis in our industry, but really using the time that we have is really a gift and changing our beliefs about the story, changing the story that we're telling ourselves about what's really happening here and using this pause as a real opportunity to reimagine and rebuild our reality to be in alignment with our truest desires, in alignment with our feminine flow, and uh, just make this best chapter really the most complete and incredible one ever. Wow. I love that. <laughs> I feel like you already tapped into some of the stuff I wanted to chat about too, but yeah, you guys, it's such, if you're interested in the travel world at all and you're, you're a woman in this space, I definitely invite you to check out this community because it's the most inspiring women, truly, um, just going on there every day and seeing what everyone's up to in different corners of the world. And it's such a, it's such a supportive community too, which I think is something that can be kind of rare to find, but Janine is definitely a fixture there, a little community glue. So thank you so much for that introduction. Um, I would love to, to kind of dive into something you touched upon a little bit, but as you kind of move through this transition um, out of being more focused on the travel space, I know there's a couple different events that kind of catalyzed you getting more in touch with this intuitive, um, more spiritual work, like you mentioned, um, leaning into our feminine flows and things like that. So um, if you're open to sharing, I'd love to hear kind of what that transition looked like for you and, and what kind of caused that shift because you've had some really beautiful posts on your Instagram. Um, and guys, I'll, I'll link her, her stuff below so you can follow her as well. But I know there's been a couple things that kind of um, catalyze that transition for you. And it's been really beautiful to witness um, almost like this, uh, you know, without speaking for your experience, but like a rebirth, like this next reincarnation of, of your life. Um, you've just really, really blossomed. And I would just love to um, have you share a little bit more about that for other people, because I think it was really inspirational. Um, it's been a tough year, you know, for, for people in the travel industry and just for everyone at home with COVID and everything going on. And I think you've created something really beautiful out of it. So I would love to to kind of share a bit more about that. 
Well, well, that's a huge compliment and, and thank you. And um, I really, I feel like you really see me and I appreciate that. And I, I feel like we kind of get each other in a way. Definitely. Person. I know. <laughs> and um, I love that. And I also love that about this time, you know, of all of mm. these new relationships that have been able to open up now that we're all awake to the fact that we can form relationships virtually. And then many yeah. of them have like happened virtually and then I've ended up getting to meet the person yeah. um, sometime <laughs> later. So I have no doubt that you and I will be here in Mexico. Um, Definitely. I'm just going to kind of call you, keep calling you. Yeah, call me in. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there are those moments when we look backwards in our lives and wonder what forces created an environment that placed me in time and space in this particular reality. And I think that that, that this year has definitely been one of those for me. So to kind of put things in context, I was, when the pandemic started, so almost a year ago, back in March of 2020, I was working on a consulting project here in Mexico on the other side of Mexico in the Yucatan. Uh, and it was a really robust project working for a very prominent Mexican family that had 80 different haciendas, oh, helping wow. them to figure out how to bring them uh, while at the same time continuing a very full-time job as managing director of geographic expeditions. Wow. And so I really was working around the clock. I was for all intents and purposes, I mean, I was in Merida, that's where I was living, but I basically hadn't really left my computer at all. I could have been anywhere. Um, I was went from meeting to meeting. I was working literally around the clock from the moment I woke up until when I went to sleep. And I had up until that time experienced a lot of change of my own and a lot of my own trauma. I, that year before COVID started, so this is 2019 going into 2020, I um, got divorced or I was in the process of getting divorced. I uh, also, my, I lost my 32 uh, year old brother very unexpectedly. And then as you know, our whole industry came to a screeching halt. And so for me, COVID was like, okay, it's just one more thing, throw it into the mix yeah. <laughs> and let's stir it all up. I'm, you know, I'm living in another country. So at once and uh, literally my life kind of turned upside down and it started getting very hot in Medida where I lived and the consulting project came to an end because tourism came to an end and my other job I decided to take a leave of absence which was wonderful because I'd been wanting to do that anyway and I moved I just kind of found myself drawn to the coast, very close to Medida. And so I moved into this wonderful house on the coast, on the stretch of coast where I really didn't see anyone else, frankly, for months, except there was another couple from Mexico City. That's a whole other story that moved in with me in that house. It's just like this <laughs> couple from Mexico City. And me, it became this little like, we had our COVID bubble, like everyone had their oh. bubbles, right? we were, like, a unit. So the only other living things I saw during that time, literally for months, were because things were locked down, were uh, sea creatures in the water. <laughs> I would see these little, um, yeah, I would see these little like uh, crabs crawling on the bottom of the water and uh, like 
starfish and other things, you know, fish, 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 of course. And I started, um, you know, it's like, kind of like someone pulled the handbrake on my life. So I went from being someone who had really thrown myself into work and put my career first. And when anything traumatic had happened in my life, just went back to work. You know, my mother passed away a number of years ago, very suddenly as well. At that moment, I, it just, I always came back to work. Yeah. And I knew that that wasn't going to, it wasn't going to work this time. So I started uh, just studying flow consciousness and expanded mind states without drugs, of course. So, you know, listening to <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I guess one can do all this stuff like ayahuasca, peyote, mushrooms, all this other stuff, but I was just doing it, you know, in ways through, through my body, right. And through mm-hmm. connecting with, with spirit. And I, I found that really through the water, you know, finding a real groundedness. And so I spent months and months of uh, just, it was never my plan, but there I was. And so I started long distance swimming. By the way, I was never a swimmer before. <laughs> I, started, uh, I, I started learning about uh, energy. And so I started to um, study energy medicine, flow consciousness, um, started to paddle every morning, meditate every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a, a few months after being there on this house on the coast, the only people I saw, like this is like three, four months later after spending all these months on the beach alone was uh, the first people to show up were kite surfers because mm. kiters are, you know, they're bold people, right? They don't really play oh, yeah. by their <laughs> usual rules. So they show up in front of my house. This is like a, you, know, you have to kind of put it in context. This isn't like your typical stretch of coastline in Mexico. This is a stretch of coastline on the Gulf of Mexico, north of Merida. <laughs> that is, it's really not an international destination. It's a place where Mexicans, specifically from Merida, go. So they start kiting right in front of my house every day. And so one, and they're, you know, the cool kids or whatever, they're sitting there. One day I finally got up the courage to go over and chat with them and I started talking to them and I was like, well, what is this kite surfing thing? And I started to do it with them. I started taking lessons. Um, the beaches were technically closed, but they were kind of doing things on uh, under the radar and the, the teacher would come to my house every day and I, and I started mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, taking lessons for weeks and weeks and realizing that there were so many life's lessons and kiting around flow. Yeah. And at the same time, just, yeah, and there are, and I just began to realize that uh, my DNA was changing. So my body was changing. My mind was changing. I felt like every cell in my body was changing. And um, so I found this book in the house called The Mystery of the Mikvah. Hmm. Have you heard of a mikvah? Do you know what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for the listeners who don't know, the mikvah is in the Jewish culture. And I happen to be Jewish, but I've never been. A Me too. <laughs> same, same, same. <laughs> so there you go. So, okay. So the mikvah, as you know, is, you know, tied to Judaism. It's kind of the precursor to the baptism. Mm-hmm. And it's really what Jews believe is the most transformative experiences, right, is having to do with the water, these, right. these places in Israel that we are taking certain transformative times in our lives, these freshwater pools. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, there's, I think, like either one or two of the 
Israel. And in the Yucatan, a place where the Shikshalu crater that made the dinosaurs go extinct landed on the stretch of coastline directly below where I was living, wow. which the Mayans say is a portal to another dimension. Wow. Because there are secrets in this place. That meteor created a network of literally thousands of caves that have this fresh water, the cenotes. So while <gasps> Israel has like one or two of these whole yeah. places of transformation, the Yucatan has literally thousands. Yeah. So here I was unknowingly swimming <laughs> in water that is, if you think about it from a, from a Jewish tradition, literally on the planet is the most sacred of water, in my opinion, wow. you could be swimming in. So I actually yeah. was giving myself uh, every day for months, yeah. <laughs> like a, like actually a <laughs> so wow. you know that's the thing when you look back at your life you look back at your life and, and you're thinking like why was I in this place in time at this yeah. moment in the world yeah. where everything kind of fell apart right? mm-hmm. like why mm-hmm. and you, I have to kind of believe in the mysticism of that of like did did like did someone something else or someone else have some other plan for me, mm. you know, of what was going to happen to me. Was it an accident that mm-hmm. I ended up on the stretch of coastline, you know, above, you know, no. yeah. you know, giving myself a mikvah every day. <laughs> I don't really think so. And I, I think it's more fun for me to believe that there's something else there. Yeah. Do you believe in coincidences? I believe in synchronicity mm-hmm. and I really believe that when we are walking our soul's purpose that the synchronicity shows up everywhere mm-hmm. and I did have a very you know this whole last well yeah well what what about you do you believe in coincidences and synchronicity I believe in synchronicity. I don't believe in coincidences. So when you're talking about you ending up in this place where you're, you know, essentially baptizing yourself in a way every day, you're just having this wonderful rebirth and water. Um, I don't think that's a coincidence. And I think it's like you said, when we have that hindsight that we can look back and oftentimes it's these periods of our lives that are chaotic and it feels like the you know, the floor was ripped out from under us that we can see why it had to happen that way. We can kind of piece it together because I, I, I really believe that, that we have, you know, some, we have free will and we have agency, but I also believe that there are elements of fate and destiny that we can't evade. I like, I like to think of it as kind of, you know, we have this, if you just think of an open space and we're moving forward, like we can go right and left and twist around and maybe go in circles and go backwards. But there's these boulders that we come to, these elements of fate or destiny that are unavoidable, that we, something is is predetermined that it has to, you know, transpire in that way. And maybe we don't always approach that destiny point in the same way. And I think that's where our agency comes in. But um, yeah, certainly when you're, when you're, talking about that story and I'm getting chills. Like, I don't think things like that are a coincidence. I think, I think things happen that are wonderful synchronicities that kind of show us we're, you know, like little breadcrumbs that we're going the right way. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that's so much of that seems like destiny to me. I mean, it's just incredible. Well, I, I mean, it gives me chills to hear what you're saying too, because it's so aligned and I feel like the vibration is like also so aligned. Um, and I mean, 
he literally, I could write an entire book around all of the synchronicity that led me to that moment, including, mm -hmm. by the way, having these super vibrant dreams about mm -hmm. being in these haciendas, of mm -hmm. which I'd never been to. But Isn't that crazy when that happens? <laughs> yeah. And about getting to this kind of point in the road where there's a boulder, well, you know, one has to have the courage to really climb over it. Right. And sometimes the boulder is sort of placed on the edge of a cliff, you know, so, <laughs> like you could, you know, maybe you and maybe you should, you know, because once you let yourself fall, like for years, I actually remember telling a dear friend of mine, well, and a colleague who um, now has gone on to uh, be the new owner of geographic expeditions. And I've got so much respect for him. I remember I said to him, maybe for a few years, like, you know, why can't I just step off the side of this cliff? Like something mm -hmm. was holding me back, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, but he would say, well, I would say to him, like, you know, well, there's no going back once you jump off the side of the cliff. You can't, yeah. like, climb back up the side, yeah. right? <laughs> and but having, when we're in a place of fear, that breaks the synchronicity. That exactly. breaks the flow. But when we're yes. in a place of courage and presence, then it starts to show up and really show up. I mean, my life is just you know, the day that I feel aligned and I feel good and full of my own energy and I'm doing, you know, having the practices I know that click that on and the deep knowing, my entire day every day is filled with synchronicity and magic. Mm -hmm. So, but that's a knowing, knowing oneself. And that's really the magic too of, I turned 40 this last year, and I don't know what this kind of, in Western society, the storyline is of women turning 40 of like, I guess I used to think women who turn 40 talk about this wisdom that comes in just so they can not feel sorry <laughs> for them. But you know, it's actually true, all these women in the women talk about how this like, this magical thing starts to happen. And well, mm. yeah, I mean, I think it starts to happen if you let it, if you see it happen, that yeah. everything's some things start to really, really click. Um, mm. And you know what? It is true. Nothing implodes. Nothing explodes. It's just you know, it it, it does really get if, if if we let it and just you know be present and live every day to the fullest. Mm, yeah, really. That that flow state. It's. Um, you know, that's something you just touched upon that I wanted to, to highlight too. You had a, a post on Instagram that said, the caption said, a funny thing happened during the pandemic. I stopped fearing and started flowing. Um, and I would love to expand on that because that's something that I talk a lot about and teach about in my work too, is this, this like, what is flow? You know, when, when we're aligned, when we're authentic and there's so many components we can break down that I think are really beautiful about it, but this flow state, I feel like it's like the, um, you know, that like golden state that we're kind of, once you, once you realize what it is, you're like, you always want to be in it. Cause it's just wonderful. Um, but I would love to love to hear more about that from you, because I think, I think the elements that, that, that make up flow. And I would love to hear your perspective on this, um, is, is being in alignment. And in order to be in alignment, we have to be authentic, right? Because when we're doing things that are not authentic. We're forcing ourselves into jobs that we don't believe in the mission or relationships 
that, you know, we don't feel seen or respected um, or friends who, you know, their values don't align with us. And um, those are things that I think kind of provide that resistance. Um, or like you said, even fear, like going off the side of the cliff, fear is something that definitely blocks flow. So I'd love to hear, to hear more about that, how, you know, during the pandemic, when everyone was kind of in a fear state, which was, it was hard to evade because there's just news that's fear mongering us every day that left and right, this is going wrong and this is going wrong. Um, I think it's something that's, that's really beautiful to highlight that, that even in the most chaotic or fearful of times, we can really turn inward and trust ourselves and find alignment, even when the world is crazy and still access that flow state. So I would love to, to kind of hear your thoughts on, on what flow is and how it feels for you and what that shift looked like, um, especially during the pandemic, how you're able to kind of shift out of fear and, and into flow. Well, I, I love the way that you so beautifully stated it. And first of all, let me just say that not, it's not like I'm a person without any fear, right? But that being <laughs> said, I do because every fear is like a certain amount of fear is healthy. It keeps us yeah. safe and out of harm's way. <laughs> so we're not like, yeah, road in every moment. But yeah. uh, understanding, I mean, okay, so a few things. First of all, there's a difference between a state of flow, and there are definitely things we can get into that everyone knows, like, you know, whether you're playing a game of tennis or kiting or surfing or getting your stoke on in your own unique way, those are states of flow. And then there's beyond that, which is flow consciousness. And flow consciousness is really, how can I live that way all the time? Mm. And what I loved about what you said is the should, right? Like the thinking I should be doing this, right? Especially mm -hmm. as women, we have a lot of, oh, I should yeah. be doing this. <laughs> or I, I'm going to do this thing. Or, you know, I feel like I'm hitting the, my head against the wall. Well, mm -hmm. that sounds like it hurts. You know, I'd rather be <laughs> swimming in the dolphin than hitting my head up against the wall. So Absolutely. being in flow is not about, yeah. So being in flow is not about being something that's not authentic or right. about being in, you know, a fantasy world, right? But it is about <laughs> in, your own, in your own energy and your own consciousness. And it with divine source wisdom, which is what you're helping people to tap. So then the question is, well, well how do I tap those things? And you're right. The, the second that you start to, you can really feel it, right? When you, when things come out of alignment, mm -hmm. there's this, mm, you know, it doesn't, you know, it's like you're putting fuel in the car. The car isn't really driving and it's, you know, on a physical state, of course, because physical, emotional, and spiritual are all connected. So it's, you know, physically not putting the right things in there, but it's also uh, energetically not putting the right things in there, spiritually mm -hmm. not doing the right things that are aligned. So a lot of part of that, but it, there's another side of it too, which is not fearing the emotions that come with the dark night of the soul. So right. what you had said about things that happen when the rug comes out from under you. Okay. Well, we've all, if you're alive for enough time on this planet, you will have something that happens that is traumatic. And sometimes that's very traumatic. Mm -hmm. And then how are you 
to quote unquote recover from that. We spend most of our adult lives, if we're not in a place of expanded consciousness, running away from our trauma. So, and, and there's all this talk and conferences and all of these things around spirituality <laughs> and go to the turn it off and change the way you feel and you can yeah. be happy and joy. And yes, there is nothing beyond joy, but really it's the, it's, it's the, like the, the yin and the yang of those emotions. Right. And so if you're never seeing the quote unquote, I don't even like calling it this, but the, let's just say the dark side, Kali, that energy where everything's breaking apart, mm-hmm. there's no space for the light to come in. That's the way you know, Kali. And Vera de Chamberlay, a dear friend of mine who speaks at the conference of non-duality every year alongside mm-hmm. people like Deepak Chopra, is wonderful in that she brings this to light and how we can harness the energy and aliveness and the potentiality that this can provide us with expanded consciousness and really with radical change. Mm. So yeah, kind of back to it, instead of letting these traumatic experiences linger on and being in a place of repression, repressed emotion, how can I feel into these things fully? And instead of just trying to fan the flames of the fire to lower the flame, how can I really put it out completely? Mm-hmm. And that is beyond just expression. Expression is great, right? Expression is, we have negative and positive expression, negative being you know, screaming at someone when you're mad or positive expression, <laughs> maybe you create a beautiful piece of art. And that's great, right? That's a step in the right direction, but it's yeah. not fully extinguishing the fire. And in order to do to do that, the energy has to flow. And that's kind of to the, the, the version of feminine, the feminine flow form of leadership, which in this new age of Aquarius, we, there's an invitation to kind of move into this next chapter of humanity and really live that um, of what is the feminine flow bringing that's very human and very natural to mm-hmm. the world of leadership. Because in jobs, around if I'm showing up to a job or whatever, whatever, you know, we're, we've kind of been in this paradigm for a long time now that wasn't serving us, especially not women. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do a job from nine to five, the high producer every day. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to do it until it's done. Right. And that's not really natural, right? Our natural no. state is low. <laughs> the body wants flow we're different every day every minute every hour every year every chapter mm-hmm. and so kind of letting that be our north um you know leaning into fully the the emotions that might come with the waves of life without judgment and having the courage to let ourselves fully feel those things and scream and cry or whatever it is that we need to do to move on to the other side, acknowledging that the emotions are just like passing weather, right? Mm-hmm. And that sooner that we can, you know, just be in like, and I, when I lived in Yucatan, I literally would go into the water in the summer when it was hurricane season, and one could call me stupid, and I would just go <laughs> walk into the water and swim in the tropical storm and just cry, you know, in the rain and the lightning storm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that is necessary of acceptance of what yeah. you know, loss and change and, and again. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think you touched on something that that's really important that I've, um, you know, it's, it's funny because now we're in Pisces season, which is, it's a water sign. It's a very emotional sign. And um, a lot of what you were just sharing is like, yeah, we're not human doings, right? This is something I was sharing my work too. We're human beings. So how can you be more? How can you feel more? Um, Cause that's something that I think we've really been steered away from just with the way that our society has been set up and having our worth and everything, our value attached to our productivity and how much can you work and how much can you produce? Um, we've really been you know, kind of conditioned to turn off that, that part of ourselves, just being, just feeling. And I think back to what you were saying when you first moved and you were just kind of this wonderful little isolated bubble in nature and watching the little crabs and the little fish. I mean, to me, that is like the definition of being a human being. Like you're just there. There's no expectation. There's no agenda. There's no to-do list. You're literally just being there present in the moment um, watching the little crabs and the fish and, and crying in the hurricanes. I mean, it's so beautiful. And, and I think, um, and I'll, I'll shift a little bit here too. I think that's something that I think is so magical about travel. And I think it's something that for those of us who, who travel a lot and, and travels, not just, um, you know, vacation or something, it's really in our blood. Um, I think a lot of us really see, and and I'll speak for myself and, and see if this resonates with you as well, but see travels almost like, a, to me, travel is very sacred. I, I really see it as like a spiritual practice because the ability to get so present in the moment and so mindfully there is something, it's just this, this concentrated potency that I don't really experience in, in normal day-to-day life when I'm not traveling. Um, and I think that's part of the magic of it. So I would love to kind of shift our conversation to that and, and talk about the magic of travel, because I think this is something that we'll also see as the industry kind of comes back to life and, and rebirths is um, people connecting with why they actually love travel. And I think that's a huge part of it is just this ability to be fully present, to be a human being, to not have to do anything, just to be there and experience other cultures and smells and tastes and energy and connect with humans. I mean, that's, that's my favorite part of travel. So I would love to, I know I just gave you a mouthful, but I would love to to hear your thoughts about all that. Well, no, it's great. I absolutely love everything that you're saying. And I think it, it's so true. Um, you know, we're already seeing some long-term trends and it's going to be just fascinating to see the long tail effect of this whole pandemic and how that plays mm-hmm. out. But the ones, you know, we already have, um, you know, people like this nomadic living that's popping up and then longer travel that kind of the days are sort of maybe behind us either for a while or, or possibly forever. We see where, yeah. you know, people are flying down in a three days or transformation doesn't happen during a three-day yoga retreat. Right. So I think, <laughs> and my feelings about this have changed. And I, I feel, I thought that way for my whole career up until this, but if you're going to just, you know, I think it's one thing to like, go on retreat and I'm going to make my life great. But if you're throwing yourself back to the life as it was before in your same patterns and beliefs and speed, and also throwing yourself into an environment where there's a lot of guilt and shame around yeah. being as a being, I'm not really sure how far you're going to get. Yeah. And 
we do unfortunately particularly in the u.s around everything you know including our yeah. health right and taking your power taking your health back too because we have had you know at the turn of uh well you know my todo santos my baja best friend neil cannon who wrote uh three books including the secret uh and he's an expert in how our emotions uh inform our physical body talks a lot about um you know the emotional codes and how the body has its own knowledge right a pharmacopoeia of healing is within inside of us when we're able to tap into the earth's grounding energy and he talks a lot about you know if you look back in history that in 1910 there was a shift when rock of the rockefellers bought the largest pharmaceutical companies to shift the focus really world um, from healing with one's own body to pharmaceutical companies and big big drug companies started to really rule the roost started to be the ones who were kind of controlling the um the thought leadership in the medical field you know the reason i bring this up as well is because when it as it applies to travel you know people are really deeply in need of healing right now yeah and yeah. healing fine Okay, especially if you're not relying on pharmaceutical drugs, which are just meant to suppress symptoms, really, <laughs> and then get you back to be productive as quickly as possible, independent yes. of what the long term on the body. And yeah. so taking the time to really heal, really be from these life traumas is, is pretty critical to health and to not judge them, you know, to really be with them to let yourself go to the dark night in the soul, to let yourself go to the place where you're swimming for months. I know not everybody feels like they have the luxury of time in that way. However, yeah. I would say when it comes to travel or, or, or just life in general, you know, this whole thing with COVID really in the pandemic has been an invitation to think radically, mm -hmm. radically differently around what is my story? You know, how do I want to live my life and can I mm. live it in some radically and you know what a lot of people are waking up to the fact that yes I can and <laughs> in order to do that and I think this is kind of back to we give ourselves permission to lean in to being present in the moment and that was that podcast that I had that you mentioned earlier that um that that podcast was about how do I harness the aliveness that I feel when I travel to have in my everyday life? Mm -hmm. Well, having the magic about being present, but it's beyond being present. It's about mm -hmm. being full of my own energy and full of my own consciousness. Mm -hmm. And in order to be full of my own energy, consciousness requires unplugging from the collective consciousness that can be one, a lot of consisting of fear, whether mm -hmm. it's the fear of my parents, fear of my partner, the fear that CNN news is creating within me, the fear <laughs> of my neighbor. Yeah. We are one, right? So if you want to connect, you can either connect with oneness with the great divine and nature, or you could connect with oneness of the collective narrative, but who wants to do that right now? So yeah. when you're filled with your own, your own consciousness, that's why all these people are flocking to nature right now. So yeah. Nature is the great <laughs> The great healer. 
if you say, you know, uh, well, I'm, you know, I'm stuck in this place. I, I, I acknowledge that many countries now do still have borders closed. However, the U.S.'s borders are not actually closed. So mm -hmm. it does require giving, when you want to get something, it usually requires giving something else up. So, mm -hmm. you know, what's really important to me? What do I get? What am I willing to give up? Yeah. What's not in service anymore? Absolutely. I think you touched on something that that's really, really important too, that I think is such another just incredibly, um, I, I mean, magic doesn't do the word, doesn't do it justice, but a, a power of travel. Another reason why it's, it's, I really see it as a sacred practice um, is the fear, right? There's so much fear in the world, especially now with COVID, like even just what you just said, fear of your neighbor, right? Um, they're, they're literally making us with all the fear mongering in the news, like being afraid of just somebody walking on the street. And the thing, one of the things that I have found so incredible about travel, I mean, I grew up, um, you know, I'm, I'm quite a mixed, mixed little mutt. My, my dad's Persian and my mom is Swiss, French, German, Dutch, <laughs> just all these things. And, um, I grew up in a very, um, you know, I was the, I don't know if you've seen my big fat Greek wedding, but, um, have you seen that movie? Yeah, I remember. Okay. It yes. <laughs> so that's how I felt growing up. You know, all my friends were blonde, blue eyed Christian girls. And I was like the hairy Persian girl that just, you know, just had all these different upbringings. And, um, you know, it just, I think that's one thing that really spurred my interest in traveling was to, to better understand myself and my origins and other people and just have this ability to really connect with anyone, anywhere. And that that's part of the beauty of travel. I really think it's, it's the beauty and, and it's painful too, but seeing that we, we are all the same, we're not different that you, it doesn't matter how far around the world you go. Um, you know, we're all humans. We all have hearts. We all want to be loved. We all want to be accepted. And I say that it's part of the pain too, because it, when you realize that when you, when you travel a lot and you connect with somebody, you can have these deep connections with someone, even if you don't share the same language. Um, and then you see the suffering that happens in some of the other parts of the world, it is painful. And because when you, when you do travel so much, you really leave parts of yourself everywhere. Um, but it's, you know, like you said, it's, it's what we have to give up in order to receive something. We have to, to give <laughs> parts of ourselves um, to, to receive those beautiful connections, those beautiful memories. And you're also giving away this, um, this kind of protected naivety that we have when we are plugged into the matrix that everything's fine if we just go to our nine to five job and pay our bills and get married and get a white picket fence and have two kids and get a mortgage and all this stuff. And then we don't have to see what's really the reality of things. We don't have to, to do that. So um, that was a little bit of a side tangent, but yeah, I mean, I just, I think it's, I think travel is so powerful just because we do realize that we are the same. We are really one. It's, it's such an incredible um, transformative experience. The first time that you really have that, that um, you know, that realization when you're, you know, for me, I've had it a couple of different times, you know, sitting, um, <laughs> sitting on the sidewalk in, you know, a remote part of Indonesia, talking to a man in broken English and just drinking and laughing and, and you have the best time and, and, you're like, wow, they had a completely different upbringing. They don't even speak the same language. And 
I am here connecting with this human heart, my heart and their heart. And it doesn't matter what our religious beliefs are or how much money we have or our education, um, just having that type of, of connection. And I think that's what ties back to what I was saying with, um, you know, the shift that we're seeing out of this paradigm. And I think that's something that COVID's also taught us of how we can be more, how we can be human beings more and not human doings. And I think a big part of that is being mindful enough that we can create these types of, of connections and really, really see, you know, soul to soul. So that was a absolutely. Lot <laughs> I, I just love, love what you're saying. I feel like I'm like, I'm your number one fan. And I also have <laughs> if that's okay, before we move to the next subject. Yes, I yes, please do. So a couple of things on that. The first thing that you said was, I think you said something to the effect of leaving pieces of myself in all of these places, right? And like yeah. leaving pieces of myself. And I, yeah. I understand that statement because I too have felt like I've left pieces all of, of myself in different places, especially I was feeling like that when I left the Yucatan, even mm. though I'm not rushing to go back there now, yeah. really for a while, like lost a piece of me there. And yeah. I think it's not healthy leave pieces of ourselves in places. And so what I, what I would invite you to, you to do and the other listeners is I've done for myself really to collect my energy back myself mm-hmm. because your energy, my energy too. And so if I'm leaving pieces of myself in all of these places, it's, it's, it can create this kind of merging of energies between my energy and someone else's or some other place. And I want, mm. I, I need my energy from, for myself to serve mm. the higher good. So mm-hmm. what I've done is really to imagine a kind of a golden net casting out wide to all of these beautiful places where I've been, especially ones where I do feel deeply connected and just kind of recalling my energy back to me so that I can be fully present where I am in time and space, knowing that that that's kind of when you start to think about quantum uh, potential and energetics, you start to really understand that there's limitless possibility and limitless dimensions, right? Mm -hmm. However, danger in that is that you could get lost or mm. you could find one um, could find themselves feeling like energetic FOMO in a way like I'm kind <laughs> of like, like I'm like in these places at the same time like I'm a, yeah a piece, of me in a ton, a piece of me is in Patagonia and that sounds cool and everything and thank god I did everything you did everything <laughs> Um, however, I think when it does come to energetics, it's important to cast that golden net and recall the pieces back mm-hmm. to have them with you, that you can really grounded, you know, where you are and that you're making a choice when you go to these places that you're choosing to go to them. But when you come back and you're flying, you understand the veil is thin. So, you know, you can fly between all of these places, but when you are, when you're there, where you are, you're really fully there mm-hmm. and you're grounded in physical time. That's mm-hmm. one. I love the that. The other thing I want to, yeah. So the other thing I want to say, as women, we're taught, all people, but especially women, are taught to be empathetic, right? To be empathetic. And what Pema Pemba Chodron says is really, um, empathy is really for fools. 
because when we're empathetic, we're taking someone's emotions on for them. So we're, again, it kind of comes down to merging of energy. So I'm saying, you don't need to feel your feelings. I'm going to feel them for you. So now all of a sudden this person, and I'm not saying don't care. That's very, very different. I am saying care. That's human. But, but with everything going on in the world, and this is important as we're all showing up in leaders in our own ways and holding, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first, because you have to be able to serve yourself first in order to be able to serve then, you know, your family, your community and mm -hmm. hold others up mm -hmm. is in a place of passion as opposed to empathy, as she says. So to be in compassion is different because you're acknowledging the pain. You're not, you're not not paying attention to it. You're not saying it's wrong, any of that. You're holding the space for it, but you're not letting, you're not allowing it to come into your own energetic sphere and body. So you're able to then hold your own integrity and be in your own energy um, while still being there for that person. And I think that's very important, a very important dis uh, uh, distinction between the two. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you definitely touched on something that's important as women and especially as women that we, you know, feel this need to it, both innately and just societally to always be of service um, and, and put others first. I mean, the analogy you said with the oxygen mask is very, very important. Um, I remember having a conversation with a girlfriend at the beginning of COVID and um, she was kind of getting upset at me because I wasn't you know, watching the news all the time and was telling me that was ignorant. And she kept ending up in these like dark holes and I would pull her out of them and get her all good. And she would end up there again. And, um, you know, I remember her, her making a comment about that. And I, I said the same thing, you know, I have to, in order for me to show up and be good and be able to be a good friend to you and be a good, be a leader to my clients, I have to protect my energy. And for me, I know that watching the news is something that that depletes it and that intrudes on it and drains it. And so that's why I choose not to. And it's not out of ignorance. It's because I can do a lot more good if I'm keeping my energy protected and whole so I can keep myself that way and then help you when you go into one of your spirals or help my clients. So it's, it's exactly. absolutely, yeah, it's very, very important. And especially what you're saying yeah. too, with being an, yeah. an, yeah, being an empath, like, it is wonderful. And it, it is such a balance. I think it's, it's hard when you are someone who feels things very deeply and you want to connect with people. It, it is really a balance because um, like you're saying, it is an important thing to check with ourselves, like that we're not, we got to pull our energy back to ourselves and a practice that I do every day, you know, matter, no matter what, if I work out or I'm dirty or not, I always take a shower before I go to bed and really visualize any energy that I have picked up throughout the day or any energy that has, um, you know, that I have maybe given to someone else cleansing. And then anything that has attached itself to me washing away as well. And I just think it's, for anyone who feels things very deeply right now, <laughs> waters, you know, like you said too, Janine, water is so therapeutic and cathartic. And even if you just take a two minute shower to rinse before bed, it's, I think it's a wonderful way to kind of keep that, keep your energy in a more neutral state. <laughs> totally. And I loved what you said about imagining it wash off of you because, you know, our thoughts follow our beliefs, right? And we can actually change mm -hmm. the chemistry of our brain affecting our sense of sense. So it's, 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 it, it, yes, it's taking a shower and it's also the act of 
really visualizing mm-hmm. all of that stuff just washing away. Yeah. You know, so water is very calming. So if you're not right in front of an ocean, well, what can you do to ground the energy and ground all of that extra emotion or any consciousness, like you said, that's not yours. And a shower is a great way to just imagine all of that going right down the drain of the shower. And to your point about, yeah, and to your point about compassion versus empathy, really to be in compassion, because Women Travel Leaders is really all about heart-centered leadership. In order to have sustainable heart-centered leadership, really, I believe needs to be from a place of compassion. Mm, I love that. Absolutely. Mm, Yeah, sustainable. Mm -hmm. That's very important. And that's, yeah, that was exactly, you know, the conversation that I was having with that friend I just mentioned, like, it's not sustainable. Sure. I can, I can go and check out the news, but if you're doing that every day, think about the compounded effects of that, or think about, you know, even if you have that friend that just, you want to be there for them, but they just suck your energy all the time in order to be able to really sustain showing up fully for yourself and everyone else. It is super important to, to have that awareness and to check in with yourself um, on those boundaries. Cause that's really what it is. It's, it's energetic boundaries. Um, I think that's, that's, um, the biggest difference between like what you were saying, having empathy and having compassion. Compassion is I see you, I, I understand, I relate to what you're feeling. I'm holding space for you, but I'm not taking on your energy. It's holding up that boundary so that you can protect, protect your energy too. Yeah. I mean, you really get it and you live that way every day. And that's why you're doing the beautiful things that you're doing. And that's why you are the inspiration to other people right now. I mean, the stuff that you're doing is like, it's incredible. And there's oh. no way I, I will please for that. And I'll be taking on, you know, watching the news and taking on other people's stress or letting, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure your friend is a lovely person. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't love the fact that she's you know, trying to pull you in that direction with her. Mm-hmm. nor do I really believe I don't really know what purpose it's serving totally um, I don't really know what purpose it's serving to be obsessed with watching the news I mean some people start their day <laughs> like that oh I know I've never understood that <laughs> your most sacred time of the day your most uh-huh. sacred time of the day that has the potential to, to be in deep intention and deep thoughtfulness about because it's a cascading ripple of events, right? Of whatever I'm going to do and put attention to first thing in the morning is going to create my day and that's going to create my week and month and that's going to create my year. And yes, short-term, there's a lot of uncertainty. Absolutely. And long-term, I can still create, hold the vision, my long-term vision, but you know what, in order to get to my long-term vision, it's all about what's the energy that I'm creating in each and every moment. And if I'm going to just give my energy away to mm-hmm. the news, it's just the same thing over and over again, every day to sell fear, basically. hundred percent. That's that those, that how's the rest of my day going to go. And that's going to inform the rest of my week, which will inform my month, my season, my year and my three-year vision. Yes. Yeah. I love that you're bringing up morning routines because they are so powerful. You know, I, I'm not somebody that identifies as a naturally, as naturally being a morning person. I'm more of a night owl, but having, you know, it doesn't matter what time I get up. There's a very sacred hour of space that I hold every single day. And like what you're saying, Janine, it's, it, it really is a 
you can see the compound effects of what, of what this creates for those of you who think like, Oh, it doesn't matter if I, you know, meditate five minutes every day. It, it does matter. Even if you can just create 30 minutes every morning to sit down, to do some breath work, to meditate, to journal out some thoughts, to have a gratitude list. It makes all the difference because, you know, if we look at it on a more micro level, like that's the the energetic precedent that you're starting your day with. And that's why it's always been confusing to me. You know, I remember my parents starting their mornings, getting ready and having the news on in the background. And I was like, why do you want to hear about shootings and like car crashes first thing in the morning? Like I'm not even awake. I just, I always moved very slowly into my day and something about creating a morning routine. And I invite you guys to create one that you actually look forward to doing. Um, you're really creating the the energetic precedent for what you go into the day and you are creating that energy. You're, you're deciding how you want to approach the day instead of turning on the news. And like you said, Janine, taking on that energy and having that kind of, um, snowball into the rest of your day. But it, it really, really does the compound effects of it are incredible of what it will do to, like you said, your, your one week, your one month, your one year vision, your three year vision, because, um, it also gives you your agency back right? Like you are deciding how you want your day to be. You're like, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to set the intention. Here's my gratitude list. I'm going to go into the day calmly. I did my breath work. I did my meditation. Here we go. As opposed to I'm, I'm turning on the news and here's all the horrible stuff that happened. And now I'm anxious and fearful. And that's, you know, the day rushes by and you haven't taken five, even just five minutes for yourself. So it's really, really powerful. I'm really glad that you, you brought that up. Yes. You totally get it. You are saying and doing all of the right things. <laughs> I love that. So I would like to shift us a little bit to just kind of what I like to think of as your, your tagline, everyday magic. Um, I would love to talk about everyday magic and just how with everything going on, what we can do, especially for those of us who are trapped at home and aren't able to travel or you know, just feeling very confined in our spaces and in our heads. How can we, you know, what is everyday magic? How do we find our own magic? And and how can we lead with that in our day-to-day lives, especially with everything going on right now? Um, well, I think it's a really great thing to be thinking about right now because magic is essential to keeping the energy going. And It's my understanding, I mean, I know I'm here in Mexico, maybe I'm getting a little out of touch, but it's my understanding that people can still in most places in the world right now, especially in the US, you can like still get in a car and go places, you can still go on a hike in most places, you can still be in nature. Is that right? That's what I think so. I think it depends on on where, but I think also just like, you know, it's we've really been a lot of us have been conditioned this last year, like with the news and with everything, like I, I've seen people who are, you know, my age in their twenties and thirties who are afraid to, to do anything, you know? Um, so yes, there, I, I, you know, where I am right now, for example, it, it is pretty open. You know, you can eat outside at a restaurant, you can go hiking, you can walk around, but I have been to some other parts that are definitely a little bit more closed down. Um, and I think, a lot of it is just mental too, is this mental feeling of confinement. Cause it's kind of like when you're a kid and you're told you can't do something, you know, <laughs> like even if we are able to do it a little bit, it still feels like we can't. So it's more of that, that mentality um, to it. But, but I think, yeah, just with everything going on, it's, um, it's important to figure out how we can kind of, yeah, create our own, our own magic in the everyday. And I would love to just hear your, 
hear how you do that. I mean, I know you do it in a beautiful place, but how can we kind of bring some of that magic home with us? Well, I think that according to the podcast that I had, the Everyday Magic podcast, and that was, you know, the best part about creating that podcast was really the lessons for me interviewing all of these people. So <laughs> for those people who are listening, the Everyday Magic Project podcast, like you said, it's about harnessing the aliveness that we feel when we travel to heaven our everyday lives. And so that podcast was and is interviewing people who have traveled a ton and who have had or have very adventurous lives, big wave surfers, kayakers, sailors, writers, poets, authors, musicians, and really focusing not so much on the travel, but what is it that makes their home life really magic. Mm. And, you know, they're all kind of saying similar things, which is, first of all, you know, to hold the awe of the present moment. So to really believe that the place where you are is exactly where you are meant to be. Mm. And seeing and allowing yourself to really believe that the person who's speaking with you might have something really deeply wise to say, the thing that you're seeing, whether it's you know the light, the way that the light pours into the room in the morning or mm. the joy that you feel, you know, you're not a morning person, that's fine, but, but you can still find joy in the morning. You know, if mm-hmm. it's a slow start to the morning and really smelling the coffee. And- yes, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> That beautiful cup of coffee or or turmeric latte. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I'm just thinking about a moment of everyday magic that I had this year, which was when I returned from Mexico and I came back to the green hills of the uh, Smoky Smoky Mountains in North Carolina, where my father has an international-inspired grilled cheese cafe, by the way. It's oh my goodness, that, that sounds I amazing. I went a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, amazing. For those who are listening, it's the um, the Grilled Cheese Cafe in Blowing Rock Cafe. It's freaking <laughs> unbelievable for if you like grilled cheese. Yes. Um, anyway, the place that I, yes. <laughs> and who doesn't, yeah, who doesn't like Right, cheese? right. <laughs> um, so I hadn't been to this place in like 20 years, but it was a place that I went to as a lot as a kid. It's, it's what made me fall in love with mountains and nature and all of that. And I remember going for this hike and, you know, a lot of uncertainty in my own life, like, like all of us have had, and just, you know, being there in this place that was so familiar. That also was a place that in a way held some pain for me because we used to go there a lot as a family. And I've since lost, you know, my brother, since that time so it's kind of something else now but yeah. I remember I, I did a hike and I kind of dropped valley and I looked out at the way that the sun was falling into this particular part of the valley this kind of micro valley in a way and for those who have not been in the Blue Ridge Mountains it's it's a really graceful beauty that exists there it's not like being in Colorado where you are where it's jagged peaks and it's rugged and it's in your face, it's it's just it's just gentle. And I remember the way that I could see that particular light, that little micro valley. I could see all the different shades of green and the and ferns. And I could see kind of the flies flying in the air. And I could see, you know, the way you see light and you see like dust sometimes. Yeah. In it? Yeah. Like I could see like 
dust, you know, in the air, that's like this really kind of magical, like certain mm -hmm. soil that exists in, in North Carolina. And I just realized kind of, you know, it's interesting when you start to kind of zoom out to the macro like a bird and then you start to really zoom into the micro again and you mm -hmm. see that, wow, this incredible ecosystem with all of these different things that are happening right in this tiny little valley where I'm standing right now. And there's so much life here and so much energy here of all of these different plants have their own little souls and, and their own vibrations. If, if mm -hmm. I can really take a moment to feel into that yeah. and nothing more magical than that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think light is such a beautiful thing to focus on too. Um, I don't know what it is about the, the quality of light and observing how it's different everywhere. There's something that's very, yeah, I, I love that that was one of the things that you highlighted as being able to kind of pull you presently. Um, mm, beautiful. Well, I know we've we've been chatting. I feel like we could chat forever um, about all the things, but I appreciate you sharing so much of your wisdom. Is there anything else you want to share with our audience today? Um, well... I just so appreciate getting the time to chat with you. And I feel like you must come here to Baja to spend some time <laughs> in the sunshine, seeing the whale and, um, you know, Jack Cousteau called Baja the aquarium, the world's aquarium. So it's a mm. great, it's a really great place to be right now. Um, but the only other thing I would say is, um, I don't know, maybe if any of your listeners happen to be women who have their own travel companies or um you know work in that world we mm -hmm. do have women travel leaders is a credible association for women who do have a heart-centered approach and who do have a track record for success and are ready to really claim their own feminine flow and power and we anyone who's connected with your community and is by your invitation because it is a by invitation community only we'd be happy to extend a month to them you know to be in this community and association so that they can you know be supported as well so um we'd be so you just let us know if you'd like to do that and we're happy to extend it to them Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, you guys, it's it's such an incredible community. I'll link the information for that down there and your Instagram and your website. Um, I'll also link her podcast. So you guys can check that out. You can have a little traveling in your head right now <laughs> until we can get back to normal travel. Janine, thank you so, so much for being here with us today and sharing your incredible wisdom and experiences. It was such a pleasure. I'm sure we'll be very much in touch. <laughs> And um, yeah, more and more, the more and the better would be great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we will talk soon. Sounds good, darling. Thank you so, so much for having me. I really, really enjoyed speaking with you. Mm, so my pleasure, babe. Me too. Wow. Was that a powerful episode or what? <laughs> I love just getting lost in Janine's world and her experiences and her stories and her wisdom. And I know that there was just so much packed into that episode. It's definitely one to come back to and listen to again and again and find different 
golden nuggets in there every time. So if you would like to connect with Janine, I have included all her information in the show notes, her website, her Instagram, as well as her podcast, which I love the everyday magic project. You can also learn more about her community, women travel leaders with a link below. And if you're interested in learning more about my six week membership program that I mentioned at the top of this episode, rise your next level. There's a link and all the details in the show notes below. My beauties, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did subscribe, share the episode with a friend and some fun thing that I'm doing this month is entering all the babes who leave reviews on the podcast on Apple Podcasts into a drawing to win a free reading and guidance session with me. These sessions are worth almost $200. They're super powerful. So if you've been wanting to book a session with me, here's a way to get a chance at winning a free one. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, scroll to the bottom, leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the episode and love the podcast and just type some nice words and then take a screenshot of your review and send it to me at hello at seekisla.com and I will register you for our next drawing, which I think I'm going to start doing every month because it's so fun. It's just a fun way to connect with you guys and, and give back to you for taking that time to do so. So super easy and simple. Again, you can just email that to hello at seekisla.com and I will pick the next reader, the next reader. I will pick the next winner of a free reading at the end of this month. All right, my beauties, that's it for today's episode. I will be in your ears next week with another truly powerful conversation. For those of you who are on my email newsletter list, I hinted at this a little bit this week. Um, If you're not and you'd like to sign up for weekly energetic guidance at the start of every week, there's always a link in the show notes to do so. But I just came back from a trip to NYC, which is where I was living for a couple years pre-pandemic. And I just had so many incredible downloads and conversations and programs I'm so excited to share with you guys. So next week's episode is going to be one of the podcast conversations and topics I downloaded while in New York, and it's going to be a really good one. So I can't wait to share that with you guys. Until then, my loves, have a beautiful rest of your week. If you want to connect with me in the meantime, sign up for the weekly guidance email and join us in the Facebook community. I hope to see you all there. Bye, babes.